Stolen footage and mismatched identities abound this week as we travel to the island of Taiwan for a 1984 film that seemingly came from nowhere and leapt out of the public consciousness just as fast, like a reptile from a burning building. This week's episode is Kaiju vs. History, King of Snake. Welcome back to Kaiju versus History. This is your 007 inspired cat stroking villain, Patrick. And joining me is a roller skiing and hide and seeking young girl, Miles. Hey, Miles. Hey, Patrick. <laughs> Miles, this... <laughs> this is why we, we started this podcast because it is. I, I'd never heard of this film. I, uh, I, I had not either. And. Before before we started our research, that would have been fine. The kaiju films. No way, sir. I am I am so beyond stoked for this episode. No, no, you are only beyond stoked (laughs) because you did an absurd amount of like treasure hunting for (laughs) anecdotes about the making of this film. So you were trying to justify the hours spent (laughs) on this miserable film. I am so excited to talk about King of Snake released in Taiwan theaters. In February of 1984, then re-released my birth some years later. It is a disaster monster film produced by Anjiko Limited, directed by uh, Yu Lung Su. And there's a good amount in in and around of the title for this film. Miles, <laughs> including... didn't even wait for me. You are you yeah. are just you are just. We like have so much to talk about this week. We? We? So much, Miles. Yes. I think you. I think. I think this is going to be a Patrick episode. No way. So, by by all means, t- take it away. What's in the title, buddy? That uh, well, I, I related this anecdote to you before, but uh, when I when I told my wife what we were watching, she was like, "Do you mean King of Snakes?" And I was like, "No, King of Snake." <laughs> I love the direct translation. Also, direct translates from the Mandarin uh, Dashi Wang to Big King Snake, which probably is more more accurate. Mm-hmm. But King of Snakes is what it was known as internationally, and not the it, it, I think you can also find it as the, the plural king of snakes. But yeah, the 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 version of this film did get a kind of a, a wider release out on VHS four years later, three years later by legendary ripoff artist Godfrey Ho, who's kind of cut up technique and, and many ninja films in the 1980s flooded VHS rental stores in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> and his version of the film think spliced in an extra 20 minutes of a british martial arts star named pierre kirby and that movie goes by thunder of gigantic snake so a little little different it is some people have made this this reference the king of the monsters version of the original gojira thunder of gigantic snake right 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 right. because it takes that original footage adds in a new white actor <laughs> and I think has a cooler name, but it is not a cooler movie. And we are not doing Thunder of Gigantic. Can you imagine if I made you watch this movie twice? 
<laughs> miles, but uh, like I could imagine a lesser if version. you had tried to make me watch it twice and I would have pretended to watch it twice and I would have watched it the one time. I mean, just like the original Gojira and King of the Monsters, probably a two star difference. So just whatever this film gets, if you want to know our thoughts, probably about a ripoff sequel, just knock two stars off of what we uh, end up giving it. It depends on who's who's judging that score. You For you, maybe. <laughs> and for me, they might say the same. But yeah, I also wanted to warn people that are going out there searching for King of Snake. A lot of what you Google will also come up as a film called King Snake, which is also translated as King of Snake from 2020, a Chinese film about like a two headed snake, which I don't think we're covering on the podcast because it's it is just like a big snake. It's not it's not knocking over buildings like this movie. <laughs> Miles, what happens in this film? What tell us tell us all about oh King of Snake. God. So a little girl befriends a snake that has it's a magical snake. It can, can understand talk. her. Yeah. And yeah, it nods and does a little dance and seems to hide from parents pretty well. Yeah. And in, in all my research, I, I did not determine if this was like a journey to the West, like a Taiwan folklore of like a magical snake. But this this snake can understand her. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this snake from the get go understands this little girl. It, yeah. it is very much a fairy tale. At this point, and then you get this formula that causes the snake to grow exponentially. <laughs> I got lost in the numbers, but yeah, the the R19 formula from Lab 707 got lost in 106 Upland. <laughs> they, they say those numbers like 18 times in the film. And they mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's just like a like a secret code they're trying to tell the audience the entire time. <laughs> But yeah, the, the the it is a food of the gods, which is a film we didn't do in the 1970s style thing where the idea is they're going to make giant fruits and vegetables. They're going to grow mm-hmm. and feed the world. And then also it works on animals. So they make a big old frog. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about this plan because I don't know if I mean, I think from some aspects, you know, your, your purees and stuff, but I don't think bigger fruits and vegetables necessarily really yields like feeding more people. Yeah. Because like if you have a giant tomato, like mm-hmm. you sell tomatoes at a store, you don't sell tomato slices. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean like what is, is that one tomato going to feed your family for a week? But at the same <laughs> time, if it's that big, how are you going to get the portions? Like I, 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 I understand that the idea is, is, is used frequently in, in science fiction, but I don't know if anyone ever thinks it through. Well, like, if I, you know, I, it, this this film did get my brain scratching because if it works on animals too, I was like, well, they could just like make twenty kaiju sized cows, and then you've got meat for like right, months. and that's what I was thinking. And then is, you is also like, make giant corn to feed to the giant cows, <laughs> you know. Which I mean, if 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 you think that the 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 cow farms were causing methane problems before. <laughs> wait until they're the size of a uh, of the chrysler building <laughs> but i i was trying to wrap my head around that aspect and i'm sure someone could probably write in and tell us like oh this is how it would and i mean again it doesn't have to be one-to-one if they want to make purees if they want to make what use it for other things and a different way to distribute the food that's fine but mm-hmm. i was like I, I was like a giant carrot i don't think it's gonna necessarily yield what you well, think it is. Yeah, just like fruits and vegetables maybe doesn't work, but I don't know. Just think about, yeah, like, I, I think part of the giant meats, you know, like, 
Right, a giant leak kind of made sense, but they also said that it would be able to. The initial part, if I'm I'm not mistaken, it was also growing like extreme cold, like Siberian stuff. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a super serum that they're they're developing here that we actually don't see the the end all of their. uh, There's a lot of talk about like how it can help the world, but spoiler warning for the end of this movie. They oh, compare no, it. No, I'm, I'm so sorry. I was confusing that with the episode of Lupin the Third I recently watched for the more you nerd where there was a super seed episode where someone oh, yeah. was trying to steal uh, wheat seeds that would grow in Siberia. And I was mixing. <laughs> OK, I was mixing that up with what we were watching this week. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe the, you need less to grow these super plants as well, because they the third stage of the growth process is like electricity, which like hyper enlargens and biggins the the creatures well but my thing is like if if these plants are that much bigger aren't they consuming that much more like nutrients from the soil and doesn't that mean the soil had to be retilled and refertilized and like yeah who knows I mean, my, like, like <laughs> who when, knows? When, when my when my brain starts going about the giant food well it doesn't seem like the, they... the, the questions that come to mind i'm like i don't know if this works it doesn't seem like they needed or, or, you know, our, our main character, Ting Ting, needed to feed her giant snake that much more. I don't uh, think that snake ate but anything. That final, uh, she gave it like table scraps and, uh. Yeah, yeah, when it was a tinier snake. She, she set it loose on the countryside towards, towards the middle of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. So who knows what it's eating? We do get that third phase where it uses electricity to increase its size, like, Many times, like they say, three hundred times larger, and that does not require anything but electricity energy. And if that's the way this works, it is super powerful. And uh, like I said, spoiler for the end of the movie, they compare this to the unchecked and like unknown consequences of the atomic age of nuclear testing and energy. Yeah, and I'm, honestly, I, I, I got, mean, I got that, problems with that whole. I, I mean, I think it's it's true. If like this technology actually existed, like the whole point of the 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 antagonists is they the these gangsters want to get this formula to sell to Russia, you know, and who knows what giant monsters right. they're gonna make over there. That uh, <laughs> that's that's the sequel, King of Several Snakes that come from Russia, or like a giant bear. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's get into the creation of this film. I did do a good amount of. Uh, yeah, I, of I, know, I know you've been, you've been ready for it. So, <laughs> so let loose, buddy. You take it on. One of the first things I want to talk about in the the creation of this film is going towards the end. A almost a decade earlier in in Taiwan, there was some magnitude five earthquakes that that shook Taipei, destroyed the Huang market and 10 people were killed and the rubble that destroyed buildings from that earthquake or what we see at the end of the movie where we look at destroyed buildings from the King of Snakes rampage. And they in in going to use these films, there's some articles actually written about the, the use of them. They talk about how they prepared offerings and applied to the police first. And and paid respect to the victims that died in the earthquake, praying before the scenes were filmed in these locations. But they used the actual destruction of their city in the film, which is, you know, we, we got a little bit of that in Shira Honda's filmmaking of all monsters attack. And we get to see kind of the 
diaspora of of uh, of Tokyo in in that movie. We get to see some actual like effects of the the policies of of, of post war Japan kind of play out in in the film. But this is like the actual destruction of a city that is put on film, which I don't know if we've really seen much of before, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. It, it makes that seem, you know, I mean, obviously the production value is, is through the roof there because it is not something they had to really dress up. I think I've got a, a shot of that in our, our notes here of, of a destroyed building. Maybe, maybe they dressed up a little bit, but it, it was interesting to me that that's where they filmed. It looked like a, kind of like a, a warehouse that had fallen apart towards the end of the movie. I thought that was super interesting. That's just like one aspect of the, the kind of guerrilla filmmaking that this is not the first kaiju film to, to come out of Taiwan that we, we watched, but this one feels like it is very much their attempt to, to do a Godzilla, to do a, a Gamera kind of film. And, uh, maybe we should talk about the monster at the, the heart of things here. Miles, the giant king of snake itself uh what did you think about the monster the film translated as mosler m-o-s-l-e-r it feels like it's like somebody who would have gone to cheers with fraser that's that's what that name (laughs) sounds like to me like (laughs) mosler here's my friend mosler (laughs) i i honestly i i didn't think much of mosler i thought the marionette uh, wire Wire work for this the tiny snake was bad. I thought the the snake itself, when it was giant size, was not great. Well, yeah, we've got like actual normal snake size, and then like giant anaconda size, and then kaiju size. the The kaiju size one they built a, uh, you know, for the most part, scale neck head and a little bit of the tail section that they they use to whip a lot but that that size doesn't really hold up when they get to the full kaiju scale and, and use miniature work and so you got this note here and I I'm glad that you wrote this because I was listening to the language as I was reading the subtitles and it says mostler in the subtitles but when she's talking it does not sound like that's what she's saying oh no um no. so I want you to and, she, to she says on that. she says the monster's name 500 times in this movie. Miles. She uh, there's several extended sequences where our, our main I would say the main protagonist of the film Ting Ting shouts out the monster's name. And it, to me, it sounded like Mosra. And that is very close to what she's actually saying. And, and the Mandarin is uh, Mosira, which, which is, is what Chinese, I heard. Th- that is the Chinese name for Mothra. Mosura is the Japanese name, but if you go to the Chinese language Wikipedia page for this film and translate it, they talk about Mothra. <laughs> that is like the the word for Mothra in the the language, which which I mean, is it hilarious. honestly tracks for the type of creature that this snake is. It does seem like it's in from the earth, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's got a perpetual love specifically for this child. But I mean, it's a fairly like I want to say docile. But like, it's not wrecking stuff so long as people aren't misbehaving. I mean, he's the friend of all children. Most. I mean, let's let's uh, let's friend, let's friend of down. one child at the very. It's the, yeah, it's the front one. It's the friend of one child. 
Ting ting. <laughs> yeah. I really thought this was a completely homegrown project when I when I first watched it. I thought this was all Taiwan, but it, indeed the special effects supervisor for the film was uh Jujio Shintaro, and they hired Toei's film crew that had worked on Legend of Eight Dogs of Shin Sato, the the special effects team under Yajimi Nabuo, who sent his team to Taiwan. I don't know if he went himself to do special effects, but his team from Toei worked on this film. So there's Japanese kaiju film experience, mostly from the 70s, and his team did a lot of uh, well, he would go on to work for Common Rider Black, do some Super Sentai show work, uh, Yajima Nabuo's. Which, team. having recently watched uh, a chunk of Common Rider Black, I would highly recommend it. It's a really good show, and the special effects are pretty awesome. And I think the special effects for our kaiju size <laughs> Mothra, Mosra destruction are pretty good. There's not a lot of them and there's not a lot of action but the the bits that we get including a scale model of the Gaundo bridge and the destruction of a a dam and, and and water flooding this valley that all works really well and also hides some of the problems that they had with the marionette itself like it going through the water looked very real it it, it masks a lot i think having it kind of like buoyantly moving across the water. And and the, that entire bit on the bridge I think was very well done special effects wise and Yeah, I I think the um the destruction stuff looked pretty decent. Towards the end of the movie, the city miniatures I think seemed a bit rushed, but the the aspect of it climbing up this this huge apartment building was was really good. Pretty pretty good ending uh, as far as special effects was concerned. We got to talk about the cast and crew because this is where the majority of my time (laughs) researching 80% of my time went because I was going absolutely nuts researching this film, Miles, because I I know (laughs) this film. If you go on to IMDb, if you go on to just about any English speaking website has listed as as the the main actress who plays Ting Ting in the film listed the actress as Tarsi Su also known as Su Hulun she rocketed to fame in 1990 as a a pop star in Taiwan Taiwan very well liked in the Pacific theater still kind of active to this day but she is not the correct actress they have incorrectly attributed this film to Tarsi Su, who was 14 at the time this movie came out. She was born in 1970, so she's obviously not the kid in this film. And when I was like looking at that, I was like, why would they, you know, why would they have her listed? Like, who is this girl that is the the main character? The, the main star of the film is a lot younger. She is not a tween. She's not a teen at all. Uh, probably like seven or eight the the actual actress for Ting Ting is another child actress in in the eighties at the time, also named Su Hu Lun, who also goes by Helen Su. And I think back then, because she was on like a a daytime Taiwan TV series, also was known as Pei Pei, maybe a nickname. In, in that show, she was very popular. She had pigtails, very thick glasses, and that Su Hu Lun is is the the actress that plays. Ting Ting in this film. She's like seven or eight and didn't do a lot after this, as opposed to Tarsi Sue, who, like I said, was 
more popular in the, in the 90s and so. But I think actually a few films are misattributed to Tarsi, including this one, just about everywhere. Mm. Not the actress. So uh, Tarsi is still active in entertainment and Sue Hulin didn't continue after the 80s. She just like a lot of child actors matriculated out of the system, went to school, went to st- studied law at UCLA and I think works in like the computer parts industry in, in mainland China now. So, but it's, it's still a bummer if like, <laughs> if you had done all this work as a child actor and then someone like mega famous, like is getting credited for your roles, Miles. So this is where it stops. We got to apologize for all the English speaking people that have incorrectly attributed this to, uh, to Tarsi Sue. I see you, Sue Huloon, and I'm going to be correcting everywhere. I can from IMDb to Letterboxd, the AV club, um, all three places that you might find information on this movie. Well, un- unfortunately, <laughs> like anyone that has written about this film, you know, blog posts, podcasts have used the IMDb to attribute the, the actress. So everyone is wrong because IMDb is wrong. And that's that's a shame. But if you go to I mean, that, that, that Kong, happens very frequently. So that's not a surprise to me. I'm 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 out here using all the Hong Kong cinema databases, and I think it was actually a Russian one that allowed me to get the correct information. It's like, oh, well, this is obviously a different actress. They also look differently because they have some some photos. She's a cute. She's cute as a button in in this movie. Look at this picture, Miles, little kid actress. Uh, yeah. So the the Eastern world obviously remembers her. She is well beloved for that other TV show as well, right? And. Probably not for this movie so much, although I do like her performance in this movie. The the end, you know, they kind of crank up the emotion at the end of this movie to to get some tears. And it kinda, it also ends on a bummer. <laughs> like the last shot is her looking dejected, going back to playing with the like. Her, her Honestly, the, the end, the ending cost this movie an entire point. For me. <laughs> yeah. Um not only was it a bummer, but I also felt like the the whole like they, they do the rip-off stuff from the Showa era of like, oh, science gone wrong, but but also fundamentally don't understand any of it and just kind of regurg- oh, science is bad. And yeah, I mean the, the I, major... I, was, I, I when they said that, I was like, what? The the it, major it, plot point is like, how can we use this for good? Whereas in something like Gojira you know your scientist characters in that movie realize there's it's not going to be used for good anything this powerful is going to make a giant well, but, i mean the thing is like there's no nuance in this i was like oh once again oh yeah science is bad and it's we need to pretty ham-fisted yeah yeah it's end. it's 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 i hated it i hated that ending it made me dislike this movie even more than i already did <laughs> uh th- this film also has another returning kaiju alum in danny lee who plays dr lee uh one of the scientists in this film the inventor of the the r19 who we last saw of course in he was a mighty peking man right but also he's in for man danny lee <laughs> oh nice not a big part of this movie the the, the more screen time goes to like the detectives and the gangsters of this film who would, I don't have a ton of research on. Cause like I said, I spent about half my time researching the, the actress for, for Ting Ting. But for the most part, the, the cast, including there, there's another female lead scientist who is, you know, kind of turned into a football between some of the, the male gun shooting main characters. 
I, I also think that actress doesn't move on Wu Wu Feng and, and do a lot after this. But yeah, th- this movie shared some Hong Kong ties with with the actors and I think the writer as well to 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 Shaw Brothers films um, mm-hmm. outside of of Danny Lee. But yeah, for the most part, I, I think the cast, the crew, they kind of knew the assignment for this film. I don't think they were trying to deliver anything above kind of like a cheesy ham-fisted performance it does tonally miles seem pretty odd to our modern sensibilities i think this movie it is meant to be a kid's film but i think eastern filmmakers had a very different idea so you know this bloody and (laughs) very violent film that also has this kid doing hide and seek with her giant monster snake uh, at the midway point, <laughs> there's some tonal whiplash for sure going on. <laughs> Does this remind you at all of some other favorite kaiju films? Does this remind you of any Gamera films in, in um, general? No, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't remind me of my favorite anything. <laughs> and, and honestly, no. I mean, like, yes, this this snake does latch on to this child, but it doesn't really feel like a a Gamera film. And I mean, because, yeah, you have the whole thing where, like, you know, Tintin gets kidnapped and, you know, the snakes, you know, on a hunt to to save her. But like, I don't know. It just <laughs> I think it shares some aspects of of Gamera the Brave and in the that like main not, you take that back. That main child you character that back adopts what they think is an adorable small animal and watches it grow into to a kaiju and feels, you know very bad for it at the at the end you know it's it's getting beat up by this other monster in in gamma the brave in in this movie it's the military the, the, the well written well acted well directed gamma the brave and then this movie <laughs> this movie tried miles it tried to pave I, the I, way I, I don't think it did i think it did i think it is 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 pulled back the score wise by a lot of things we we've yet to talk about. I'm I'm talking about how much I love this movie and I've not given it a score. But yeah, I think uh, I think the the tech some of the technical aspects, the the bridge designs. Um did you have a favorite scene? Was there something that does stick out to you as as something you really enjoyed? No. No, I mean I I liked the sequences of Mosler in the city. I yeah. thought I thought if anything that was probably the best stuff and and you know the spectacle aspect but I still I I really don't like how that special effect creature is designed mm-hmm. I it's not visually interesting to me and the the actual destruction effects are good but the destruction effects with the snake are I, I feel I feel the snake kind of takes away from it a little bit because yeah, there, there, I think you're right. There are some really good model destructions in this movie. I, I was pretty impressed with a lot of the cityscape stuff they do. But when that snake is there, I'm like, oh, man, I wish this little goober wasn't here, you know, <laughs> stinking up the place because everything else looks pretty fantastic. So, that, uh, I mean, that, that would probably be the thing I, I did like is, I mean, some of the destruction stuff was pretty good. But, I mean, everything like everything it does is something we've seen in another movie in terms uh, of. Incorrect. You've never seen roller skiing before. I know you haven't. <laughs> yeah, they're they're on like treaded skates, skiing through the 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 rolling green Look, hills of Taiwan. I grew up in an area where we didn't get snow a lot. You invent ways to go <laughs> skiing. <laughs> that that 
that feels like such a Showa era thing, them busting out these skis for these kids to play on. It seemed like a commercial more than anything. I was like, I wonder if like the, the production company owns some stake in these skis. <laughs> That's possible. Kids didn't but, I mean, seem I, I like do, they were great I do think it does like, take some stuff from other movies, like in terms of its, oh, using the kind of uh, James Bondy plot. And oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, the, the Blowfield gangster character was d- didn't need to be in the film. Yeah, the, the most moronic group, of, the most moronic cabal of like international villains I've ever seen. V- very much kids- esque villains they are they're very i mean any other villain i think would have just shot this this young girl like i i, I, an I, I hour think the fratellis the from the goonies might have been more competent than these guys yeah yeah i i did get i i'm sorry i evoked gamer the brave miles i i do get gamer versus not accepted gauss vibes in in different parts of this film in kind of kind of like the 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 two sides and, and the the setting the the scene where the the gangster owned Cessna with like the machine gun attached to it goes to, to fight the snake feels yeah. like it's right out of uh, Gamera versus Gauss. But you know we're, now we're talking about a film that's twenty years before this one, so it's right. not doing anything. What I will one thing I will say is ahead of its time, a very iconic shot is the final shot of Mosra coiling around the skyscraper is a great use of that it's something they i think they technically yeah. didn't destroy all monsters with manda but didn't make it into the final film great shot great great idea that is that is it, it works yeah it's, it's, it's a good it's wise the, the concept is solid if you're gonna have a giant snake it needs to wrap around a giant building they built a giant snake head and did have at least one scene of ting ting riding on its neck and going after the the gangsters and and whipping them with the tail so there's a lot of promises that are kind of written and cashed in this in this movie i i am just enamored by your enthusiasm for this film well i, I haven't talked about like, anything I it, really it, it, it's like it's like you 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 picked a point to like dig your heels in the sand. You're like, I'm sticking with this movie. <laughs> well, I, we're well, let's get into the rating of it, Miles. <laughs> I mean, criticism past and present. There's not many out there online because this movie didn't get a wider release. Thunder of Gigantic Serpent got a, a wider one, kind of like on VHS. But people have gone back and uh, German film site Filmdienst called it naive horror and technically unimaginative hair-raisingly constructed and enriched with unnecessary brutality, which is pretty true. Uh, mm-hmm. wh- what's your enjoyment score for King of Snake Miles? So, I, I mean, as you can tell, I did not enjoy my time with this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an extremely dry, droll attempt at making a kid's movie at first that turned into a dry, droll, totally all over its place. 80s action film. Yeah, sure. It kind of felt like it was from the seventies. Seventies um, action film. Yeah, though the, I, there are aspects that remind me of Mighty Peking Man a lot. It's yeah, not, I, not I as mean, salacious, but it's just I understand what they were going for, and it just it just doesn't work for me. I I found the the script to just be really hard to get through, and a lot of this movie for me was hard to get through. It was just like mm-hmm. it was. I think when I, I was texting, I was just bored. Like that, that, and that to me is like the biggest sin. I didn't hate it. 
I was just really bored and yeah. I didn't find anything really remarkable or, or anything that kind of like in enticed me to kind of follow forward other than the fact that I, you know, have to talk to you about it. <laughs> I, yeah. I just, I felt it was a really rough watch. I, I like the, I like the idea. And I, I mean, it certainly isn't the little girl's fault because I mean, she was a genuine little girl. Um, although if I had to hear her like screech that creature's name again, I was going to claw my ears out. It's nonstop um, in the film. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty nonstop. I, I, it's I didn't, pretty rough. I didn't write this in my notes, but I think more than half of her lines are her screaming the monster's name. <laughs> I don't know if that's in the script. Yeah, or I mean, <laughs> mo- most of my notes were just detailing me being very bored throughout this movie. Yeah. Um, so my personal enjoyment is a three. I'm I'm boosting my score up a little bit because I you knew I came to came to hate. Well, I to be honest, I rated this before I did my research for it, and I'm I'm giving it a see, high enough see, score. So you have to like convince yourself that your time well, was well spent. It's the same thing with last week's film in in Cue the Winged Serpent. So much of my enjoyment of that is, and a reason I'm probably going to revisit that film is to go back with our notes afterwards and experience it knowing about the production history knowing about where the special effects in this movie come from but yeah no knowing about the the movie and getting a, a greater appreciation for it still my, my score is not great it's five out of ten because just like you this is an hour and a half movie but s- despite having non-stop action shootouts Oh, I feel like special I was effects Avatar. sequences. Like it's so long. It feels like it drags in, in so many parts, and and part of that is there's not really a lot of agency given to these villains. At no, I mean they 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 beat up the girls' parents multiple times. They they get the drop on this snake, this little girl, multiple times, but still nothing really happens until they finally capture her and, and take her away, and that's the the end of the movie and the the climax of the movie. Uh, and we finally get to that kaiju-sized snake part. It does become more dynamic to watch. It is more interesting, but is still somehow too slow. How, how many times does the villain threaten the little girl to give him the oh formula God. that she obviously doesn't have, dude? Just move on with your plan and, and do something <laughs> else. Because it's not like, where is she? she hiding it somewhere? You've like captured her and beat up her bear. And she's, <laughs> if she had it, she was going to tell you. For well, the ta- not only that, but it's like I'm pretty sure this girl doesn't even know what the formula is. I mean, I guess it was just it was just in the cage, and the the snake just ate it, right? So yeah, she might not have ever seen it. For the technical aspect, I'm giving it a, a little higher score. I'm giving it a six out of ten, dinging it mostly, like primarily for the music in this movie. Something I haven't talked about the the music in this film. What was arranged by Huang Mao Shan, and it's awful. It feels like it is straight out of the the stock settings for an '80s keyboard, and it is very distracting, even more so than some of the the script problems I had with this. The 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 music in this film makes it almost unwatchable. Um, yep, but this has the heart and soul of the special effects of a Toei studio trying to make a, a marionette kaiju for the first time. It, it feels indeed like 
a, a 1950s kaiju film and this is like their first major attempt to to put something like this on the screen it is very ambitious it it fails in a lot of aspects but uh i did want to point out i i i think uh suhu loon's acting as our lead scamp is great we, it, it just it's so rare that we get like main female protagonists in this film and i think <laughs> while most of her lines are annoying <laughs> she does a good job I, I like her yelling at the military and and the police at the end of the movie and uh, even if half her lines are shouting the monster's name she delivers them well enough what about you miles for a technical aspect so i i did pop it up a little bit more than my, my enjoyment because i do think there was an effort made i think that you know, I mean, they made the snake and, and the, the actual destruction of the models of the city look great. But I, I think the script is all over its place, all over the place. I feel like a lot of the adult actors are certainly there, but <laughs> yeah, they're either no. hamming it up or they're just, they're just vacant. And then, yeah, that music is, is horrendous. Um, it's, I also, I think major the major bummer does not look great i think the the one head they made was was decent but i like i said i I do not like that snake so um it's yeah it's getting a little bit more than my personal enjoyment but not by much so it's getting a four out of ten oh for its evocative place as an artistic kaiju art endeavor uh, i'm giving this a five out of ten i don't think i can really go lower than that because that's when we get into like descriptions of of the films as soulless or guilt inducing to watch i feel like they tried in this movie they didn't have the the capabilities to make something excellent but they made something watchable and you know something that maybe in its prime was serviceable to the generation of kids that was watching this in in taiwan i went back into like a wayback machine <laughs> forum uh, of people talking about this movie in in mandarin there's like 300 400 comments about this this film and about how people had forgotten about it because it did not get a wide vhs release over there or betamax or whatever they they had in taiwan but yeah people found this afterwards because uh, someone uploaded the vhs to like youtube and it, it, it got around in the the 2000s and they were also confused. They were like, is this called Thunder or Gigantic Serpent? No. But yeah, th this did not do very well when it came out, Miles. This was probably a nail in the coffin for kaiju films in that area of the <laughs> the world until Godzilla would come back. <laughs> Spoiler warning. But it opened up against some other children's films. So this one is not really a children's film. <laughs> I can understand why it didn't do well in, in February of that year. But uh, yeah, the, the the comments on on online, if you go back and read them, they're intense. People were like crying at the end over the death of the 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 snake, crying over Ting Ting's performance. It's why 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 we likened it to to Old Yeller <laughs> in the the film because uh, you, you probably could see that the it was not going to end well for the giant snake. But yeah, they still they hammed it up at the end of the movie. They they went overboard. They they reused. I don't know if this was in the original, but in the, the version we have, they reuse Ennio Marcone's music for, for the end of the film. So that, that part is very watchable because it's not original soundtrack. Uh, what about you, Miles, for its evocative score? So for its, its place in, in kaiju history and being evocative as a piece of art, this one, this one ranks pretty low for me. 
um, especially because it doesn't really have a cultural footprint either. Um, Outside of Taiwan, it's almost like I said, we had. But even in Taiwan, it was like forgotten until some people were talking about it on on a message board. So like (laughs) which you had to find through Wayback Machine, because for some reason, this this was your great white whale in terms of like finding stuff on this movie. It's so funny because we've talked about a whole bunch of other non Japanese monster films from from War God, Jumbo Gase and Giant that, yeah, they're they are mostly forgotten. But just like War God, um, also from Taiwan, they put a lot of effort in, you know, this is this is the best they can do. And they're trying to to add something to to the monster genre. Mm. Uh, So anyway, I gave it a two out of ten. You are history's greatest villain, Miles. Two out of ten. I think history's going to be on my side in this How case. How dare you? How dare you? Two out of ten on our on that is shameful. I don't yep. think it deserves all that. Oh yes, uh, it does. Gosh, I don't even. I don't even know. Oh, how no, no, to, no. Keep 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 bringing them off. Shameful. I don't know how to. Oh, what else? Well, above that, like I said, a, a four on on that our scale is soulless. Three is guilt inducing. Yeah. Like in your watching, you feel shamed. So for two watching two this is thing. shameful, hopeful, wholly deficient and enraging, which hey, hey, hey. But also, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that this this in terms of its cultural imprint and it being indicative as a part of Kaiju cinema, I do feel that this is on the bottom end of it. Hmm. I mean, part of it is the fact that this is, I mean, again, we didn't, we had never even heard of this movie until we did some deep research in our catalog to, you know, map out the movies we're going to watch. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's difficult to talk about the film's cultural importance when it doesn't have any. Well, uh, we're here to, to solve that. People will, will you, know about it. Man, you, you, of you are, files. you are all in on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, as far as, unfortunately, it's not, like, I would have gotten a much higher score if it was in the territory of so bad it's good. It is trying sure. really hard and still failing to be good, but it's not bad enough yeah. to be bad good, so it, it, if it it's... If it did stuff like last week's, like, Q, like, I could, I could see it giving it a higher score. See, I think Q is in the, well, I mean, score-wise, they're very much in the same territory for me, Q, in, in this movie, because... Both are just not bad enough to be bad good and not good enough to be good good. <laughs> so uh, my my final score is is basically a five out of ten and yours a three out of ten, which means mm-hmm. our podcast final for King of Snake is four out of ten. Yeah, pretty I'm pretty easy math there. I mean, I I will say I I think I enjoyed this more than attack of the super monsters yeah i think you gave it uh, the same score for for that one but uh, yeah Yeah, i I had just as bad a time with that (laughs) it's there at the bottom for for us both in the the 1980s so far with a podcast final score king of snake of four out of ten i I, that's basically where i I saw this going i wasn't too surprised about (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i I had sent you several texts of like how bored I was watching this movie. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, well, I sent you a couple in the middle of the night with all caps. I think one of them was roller scheme. I was very tickled by that. I was like, this movie can't get weirder, right? It did. Uh, yeah. So final score four out of 10. That's going to do it. Where, where can folks find us to 
yell at us that we wasted their time in this episode, wasted all their time in this we? podcast. I will take no responsibility for this. This was all on you. This could have been, <laughs> we could have been in and out in 15 minutes. Hey, you have set the record straight for our, our girl Sue Hulin. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Kaiju versus History. You can email us at Kaiju versus History at gmail.com. You can visit our website, Kaiju versus History.com. You can also visit our letterbox, Kaiju versus History, where you can see all of the movies that we have done before and rate them and that, that we have rated and see what we're going to be doing down the pipe. And you can. Find um, us, in, find us in the street somewhere. Just yeah, I, I was trying. I'm, to, are, I'm are, up are here in Boston. You're, you're in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, probably. We we have other podcasts that we're on in Discords where you can harass us in person, right? But, but we do uh, have a Kaiju versus History channel that we we talk pretty frequently. I mean, we're yeah. getting a bunch of people like chit chatting about. I think more upcoming stuff more than anything else. I think uh, when Ultraman, in, a, Ultraman came out, we had a lot of movement, and I'm did, even though did, it's. As this movie or as this podcast started, I I thought we might be seeing the end of like the legendary kaiju films, Godzilla films, the the end of kind of like a mini boom. I think we're just at the crest. I think we're going to get. Yeah, yeah, we were just getting started. (laughs) So we 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 started this podcast at at a good time. And um, yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about. So find us online and and talk about kaiju if you like kaiju even half as much as we do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think you'll, you'll be in good company here. I feel bad, Miles. Now I feel bad. You didn't have a good time with this movie. So what about give you a little thank you next week? Okay. A little thank you as we finally return to Japan for the homecoming of the biggest, the baddest kaiju in cinema history, beginning an entire brand new era of giant monster movies that's going to usher in to this podcast some of the finest films ever made in the genre that is right tune in next time for the one the only big g as we watch history versus the return of godzilla bum 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 bum